0: Welcome to Why It Matters, a podcast series where the Straits Times takes a close look at one key news talking point each week. Now, SingHealth's uh, recent data breach in Singapore's worst cyber attack has triggered questions over the country's smart nation initiatives. I'm your host, Ernest Lewis, and with me is Irene Tham, the Senior Tech Correspondent. Irene, hi, welcome to the show. Hi. So, um, Irene, it all began uh, with a malware infecting a single SingHealth workstation. Deputy Prime Minister Tio Chihan Han revealed that the attackers gained entry into the SingHealth system through one of the front-end computers connected to the internet used by thousands of users in the medical and academic community. What's been the reaction to this? I mean, there are three parts to this equation you fleshed out in your commentary, you know, cyber hacking, cyber security, and cyber hygiene.
1: The question here is not what the authorities could have done better, but what private organisations, especially those that operate critical information infrastructure, like SingHealth, could have done better in future? In this case, it seems like there were um, delays and some processes may not be in place. I mean, yesterday, um, Deputy Prime Minister Teo Chihen alluded to some policy uh, weaknesses. And it prompted one to ask, uh, why is um, a computer used by many thousands of users in the medical and academic community connected to large databases? Like, you know, the the, the question that everybody's asking is, why did it take SingHealth so many days to report the incident to CSA, to the Cybersecurity Agency of Singapore? The attack was detected on July 4th. The report to CSA was only um, given on July 10th. And that's too long a wait. And also, there's another question. Um, I mean, why shouldn't they have, um, I mean, Singh Health, shouldn't they have given privilege access only to some people rather than to all? So uh, these are some questions that are waiting to be answered and uh, we hope that the committee of inquiry that has convened would bring some of these matters to light.
0: I think here's the interesting point, right? I mean, when we thought that there was this internet surfing separation that the government announced before, it was for the public sector. These days, a lot of things are considered public, right? Not so strictly just with the government sector. You know, things like, as you said, you know, um, health, even telcos, banks and all that. So all these things that we need to take note of, especially in the move towards a smart nation.
1: Right. A lot of systems are connected. The private and public sector, they are not separated by a clear, well-defined line. The lines are blurring already. And we have uh, recently passed a cybersecurity bill in parliament. And that takes into account both the private and the public sector, signalling the importance of coordination and cooperation between the two sectors. And so in this case, internet-surfing separation, whether it should have been done and implemented in SingHealth Health before this, I mean, this is an afterthought, right? I don't have an answer to that. I mean, there are two schools of thought. First is, do we implement an interim measure because we're not prepared? Or do we... Um, charge ahead because we know that we have the best defence technologies in place. I mean, the, this question, you know, is best left to the authorities to answer. I don't have the answer to it, but uh, it seems like we may not be that prepared after all.
0: Mm, and and as you said in your commentary, a lot of smart nation projects were thought of being rolled out, actually, you know, smart lampos among many, many other uh, initiatives and all that. You think there's a pause button now on such projects? We're going to look at the basics?
1: Well, I'm very excited about these projects because it just makes life, you know, better for everybody. I mean, when something bad happens, we want the authorities to, you know, catch the bad guys and uh, only, you know, advanced technology, state-of-the-art technology, surveillance systems and all could nab these guys quickly in no time. But then again, the, the flip side is whether the data is properly protected. So I guess for them to kind of pause and think, take stock and then uh, later reboot, it might just be the best option right now because if we're not prepared, then the fallout will be pretty severe in future. These are great projects, but we really need to rethink our approach to security. Specifically, the man in the street, the end user, the people running these systems, and the people part of the equation. We can have the best technology in place, but if the people are not prepared to be on their toes at all times, then you know, it's as good as not having the system at all.
0: Okay, so you're saying like in a country like Singapore, because uh, traditionally we tend to say, ah, just leave it to the government or the authorities to deal with or something, you know. That has to change. I mean, if cyber hygiene, as you said, is the next thing we need to think about as a nation collectively, that has to change, right?
1: Yes, I mean, we need to take charge of our own uh, personal data We need to take responsibility over the protection of these data. You know, the simple basic thing that we do each time somebody asks us for our NRIC details is, why do you need the data? If we are asked by building management to hand over our NRIC, we should resist and not hand over our NRIC card because what if they lose it? Basic things that we have to ask and resist, fight back. I mean, it seems counterproductive at times because we are really messing up with an established system that has worked over many, many, many years. Mm. You know, but we need to change that and then the building management owners need to be educated about the um, importance of people's personal data. I mean, it's it's an education program that needs to be rolled out across different sectors, you know, end users, people who are running the systems, people who are managing buildings and also people who are running um, contests and surveys and so on. we always ask for NRIC and they scan the barcode of our NRIC and you wonder what kind of data they protect So I don't give them my NRIC You Just tell them that I don't have it You know, you want to use my Ministry of uh, Information and Communications card I have my details in there You can copy it down But, you know, you don't scan my NRIC I don't know what they're taking away with that scan So these are things that people need to be aware And resist, you know, when they, they're asked for too much Than what is required
0: On Sunday, I think uh, it was a couple of days ago, SingHealth also advised the public on uh, what genuine SMS notifications should look like. You know, they had visuals, be aware of what fake messages look like and all that. Do you think they should have done this in tandem with the initial alert of the hacking attack?
1: I think there's no better way to do it because if they don't show people what the SMS would look like, people will be wondering, so what do I expect? But they did the good thing, which is to show, you know, what it looks like. But again, I mean, it's not a foolproof measure. Crooks will abuse the system and use it to trick people. So then the onus is on end users to be aware and and not to click on links uh, sent to them via SMS or WhatsApp. It must be a habit ingrained in our culture. A habit is like cyber hygiene. You wash your hands after you come out of the toilet. It's the same thing that you have to do for when you receive WhatsApp messages that look dubious. Don't click on anything. Don't click on any links sent to you via email, SMS, or WhatsApp. While if they prompt you to change your password, for example, just go to the website. Manually type in the URL and just change it there. Don't click on the link or any link that's provided to you to do that.
0: Mm, I think because in the wake of this incident, I remember seeing some WhatsApp messages coming through saying, change your sync pass now. So these are the things. And what happens if someone who's, uh, you know, like the less savvy, possibly from the older generation and all that, they're not so savvy with these things. What's the best advice for these kind of uh, people?
1: Well, I guess the best thing is don't take action and ask for help. (laughs) Ask your children for help.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or don't download WhatsApp anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just don't. I mean, you can download WhatsApp, but just don't click on any link. And if uh, you are in doubt, ask for help.
0: Okay. And, you know, we've had this war on diabetes in Singapore, you know, has proven uh, pretty successful so far. Do you think this case, the SingHealth case, do you think it's time for a war on cyber security, cyber hygiene?
1: Well, if I may be irreverent, I think we should have a war on gunduness. I mean, you know, there's a lot of um, silly behaviour. People are not aware. They're not situationally aware. And um, when something happens, we kind of like think that I is okay. The authorities are in charge. You know, we have to take action. We have to report something that we feel is not right and... Well, we leave it to whoever we report to to take action, you know But we on our part, we are the eyes and ears on the ground So we should take action and, and report something
0: Yes, I agree with you I mean, sometimes uh, it's difficult for us to uh, admit that we're a bit kundu at times, you know And And it's good to constantly read up and look at notifications Read up on these things, what to look out for And keep emphasising that kind of behaviour Even when we get spam messages among our friends as well
1: Yeah Yeah, I think it's a conversation that needs to be ongoing. It should be something that we discuss every day, you know. um, It's something that you don't know, ask. I think there's no shame in asking if you don't know.
0: Right, A, a war to promote cyber hygiene then.
1: Yes, I think that's the proper term. Singapore wants to be a smart nation with plans to roll out a lot of exciting projects, and that is a good thing. But I think taking a step back and rethinking our process and taking stock and all that is important too. After all, I think we need smart people first before we can have a smart nation. And smart people includes your men in the street, people who will not click on phishing emails, and think twice about it. And also people who are running systems, who know when to press the button when, when there's a need to, who are situationally aware, who knows that when an attack hits, you know it's, it's not something that they should take lightly. So yeah, I think we need smart people to run a smart nation.
0: All right, thanks Irene. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. You can find more of Irene Tham's work at The Straits Times online where we have a hyperlink to her author profile. Look out for more podcasts on various topics on The Straits Times and do send us your thoughts to podcasts at sph.com.sg.